Football on Off the Ball. With Sky, proud partner and supporter of the Republic of Ireland women's national football team. This is News Talk. Yeah, welcome along to Thursday Night's Football Show. Richie McCormick here with you for the duration. Lots to get to, including looking back on last night's 1-0 win over Lithuania at the Aviva Stadium. The booing of Harry Maguire, the resurrection of Ireland's under-21s under Jim Crawford and the potential or otherwise, for an all-Ireland football team. That's all to come. Join the studio for the duration tonight uh, by the Irish Independence football correspondent, Dan McDonald. Dan, as always, welcome to the studio. Richie, I don't know you? how much of the uh, the chat you caught just before the news we were talking about. The drinks culture in the Aviva Stadium for rugby, and mm. rugby alone, it would seem, um, and, and what you make of all that, because it is an issue for rugby fans, and it's one that doesn't seem to be, to be going away, but is affecting... A sizable proportion, judged by the reaction of people who go to these matches and their enjoyment of them. Yeah, no, I know. Sort of, Rory O'Connor would have been talking about this recently, and I see Jerry Thorney had a piece on it, and I've heard sort of various debates on it. I mean, it's yeah. I mean, it's 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 one now where obviously the uh, these animals that go to football matches are now getting beer at games when that wasn't allowed before. Um, and we'll see if that spins out a debate, you know, around you know the, the sort of the situation there. The, you were at the FEI Cup final, yeah, and and the the service was available there, and that was obviously um, maybe some people were sort of dipping in and out for that. Um, I don't know. I mean, like it's I. I mean, I'm not a rugby fan, but I did. My brother got a ticket for the uh, got me a ticket for one of the All Blacks games a couple of years ago. I mean, I did. I will clarify. I felt like a complete fraud going to the game. <laughs> I offered it to all my rugby supporting friends, and they were all sorted for this match. So I went to it. And I was like sitting on you know, third inside seat, and I mean I was struck by the amount of people that were going out during the game to the point where it's like I mean rugby is sort of uh, to me like you know you have to sort of follow it closely if you want to go and engage with it like you know it was quite a tight game there's a lot going on and I just don't understand the psyche of thinking now might be a good time to go and, and, and go up and get a drink at this stage and, and get everyone to stand up on your role while you go out to the point it just becomes a complete distraction yeah. to the point of like are you even watching the game and I mean is there more people that are going to the games as social events I've heard that opinion expressed um, there might be something in that it's it's probably it's probably more sort of culturally ingrained though that you can go to the match and, and have drinks like the rugby game and have drinks I, making the point off air there I remember so I went to college in UCD so when even some of the early Leinster games in Donnybrook when it was really starting to take off and maybe did play some of their lesser games in Donnybrook you know maybe yeah. I, I can't remember like I remember, or something yeah there, I remember yeah. going to some game on a Friday and again to me it was like Wow, this is a real novelty. You go to football in Germany and get beers and stuff, and stand at the seats or, or stand at your spot. And this was this was quite similar. Um, and maybe it's just it's it's just way more the norm. It's what you do during the game. But I have to say, for me now, it it is a complete source of annoyance. And there's a big logic in shutting it down during the game. But obviously, it generates loads of cash, and that's going to be the bottom line. Yeah, when you've got associations who are dependent on money at the moment like now more than ever with like deficits to make up for over the last couple of years the IRFUs in particular and are, are they, would they profit from it would it be the stadium I actually don't know the answer to that yeah. I, know, I know they're all part of the stadium company to be fair so as in they're all partners yeah. in it and you know they're all they all have a vested interest in it I suppose um, but nobody would have made money anyway in the last two years yeah so and this is it it's been closed for so long I, you know they want to milk what they can out of the events and I mean I do understand that to a degree but it's interesting, I suppose, that this debate has been stirring about the sort of 
the match day experience and and how it is and like you would be struck as well. I mean, some of the individual prices for some of these games are quite steep. I mean, including some of the other international ones. Now, the flip side of that is the season ticket value is extraordinarily good. But if you don't go for the season ticket option, I mean, you were looking last week, there was I mean, some of the premium tickets for the Belgium game going at, say, €120. Euro. You know, it's a pricey experience. Wow. But from my perspective, then, it's like, well, then watch the game, you know? <laughs> like, I mean, I think that's where a lot of the root of frustration comes from, is that... If if you're seen to be if from the outside looking in, especially you don't even have to be in the stadium. But if you're if if you're listening into the show tonight and you're hearing about people who've gone to the Ireland Scotland game or people who had gone to the Belgium game and have paid north of a hundred euro a ticket, you're aghast at thinking. Well, if you've paid that money and can pay that money to go, why would you ignore what you've gone to see? And I think that's the disconnect that the people have is that people who haven't gone to the thing are more annoyed by people who have gone and are quote-unquote wasting the mm. ticket by getting up and, and going and getting gargle half the time. Yeah, I suppose we're just getting... I mean, there are there are obviously other countries with a sporting culture as such that the, the drinks come to you. You know what I mean? Like, you don't have to get up. It's sort of like it's 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 brought around... Yeah, all game in America. Yeah. I remember going to a European game in Croatia years ago and the absolute novelty as a supporter and the absolute novelty of, like, sort of trays of of beer being carried up the steps during a game and you just reach out and get one yeah you know um but again like from my perspective probably in football like you know alcoholic games is sort of been you know part of sort of you know football fans been sort of stigmatized to a degree you know like there's it's 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 generally a used up soccer fan yeah they cause they they cause this i mean you know i mean you know you see you see people on the pitch may not have had a drink but you know wearing a rugby jersey or whatever it's like i mean where's the decorum here you know where's the decorum of the uh, you know what what's happening but um i don't know though it's sometimes these things gather a bit of momentum as a debate but it it really is about people's um enjoyment i mean you know could you at certain tiers of the ground close the bars you know so then people when they're uh, when they're making the decision about it's like smoking or non-smoking you know like you go <laughs> to like a drinking section. or a non-drinking section you know where you in, in this particular sort of tier or whatever it doesn't it doesn't happen I mean can you do something like that probably probably difficult to manage I would have thought but um, it is frustrating for someone who's there who's trying to watch it and you have to get up every few minutes for someone yeah. to just come back and then nah. there's a text in there's a kernel of a point that I kind of agree with in this uh, not necessarily the way it's made though Paul and Blackrock texted say lads stop fooling yourselves we are terrible quote unquote fans I've been to soccer matches in the UK and Europe and to soccer GA rugby matches in Ireland and the atmosphere is like chalk and cheese for us matches are a social occasion in other countries supporting their team is their religion just enjoy being able to attend anything uh, says Paul I I'm trying to formulate this properly in my head and we'll probably make a, a garbled mess of it but Fan culture in Ireland is so diffuse because a lot of people have interests in a lot of things in this country, whereby in certain countries they will be focused on one team and one team alone. Whereas here you will have like listeners to the show who like enjoy Leinster matches, would go and watch, you know, Mead games and then support Liverpool or something. It's like a like Sunday that. sports section sort of uh, exactly. interest in so, but, but, sport. But, yeah. but, but, but by the nature of that is you've only so much passion to go around and you're not going to be as vehement in your support of all of those things because it's humanly impossible to be. So your attitudes are going to be different to a different country and your attitudes and the way people support teams in this country is always going to be second hand by the nature of the fact that 
a lot of the f- sport has been imported anyway. Yeah, no, like, I mean, yeah, it, it is one of these discussions that you have to be careful of, like, sort of generalising broadly, you know, people. But, I mean, you know what I'd probably say, like, you know, you can go to League of Ireland grounds, particular grounds, and there would be a, a brilliant atmosphere, you know. But that's because probably some people... Uh, for some people that atmosphere wouldn't be for them because it could almost be too tribal you know it, it wouldn't be for them you know some of the uh, the sort of the uh, the aggressive posturing and how they carry themselves and is that in some people's eyes not what they associate with a sporting event in this country like you know we talk about uh, we're, we're proud you know of how like fans of the sort of uh, you know the, the competing counties in the big GA match can sort of sit next to each other you know and, and mingle with each other but actually then what people really think about of atmosphere is something like the hill because it's sort of a form of segregation. You know, you might have some... It's so partisan. Yeah, it's very partisan. And, like, that's where atmosphere comes from to some degree. It's one group and the other. And, yeah, maybe, maybe there's something in that that, like, people are, are, are... there's more of a culture of being sort of sporting observers and going to, in, in some cases, going to the match rather than to go to match to actually participate in it, you know? Yeah. And there obviously is parts of Europe where you'd go with football where, like, the this, the supporters are part of the event. Like, you go to Legia Warsaw or Pauk or somewhere like that where they are, I mean, I mean, in some cases, like, you'll have ultras that are practically, like, negotiating with the club, you know? And it's just, it's a cultural thing. You see Nigeria go out of the World Cup last night and there's just an absolute just, just chaos it's on the pitch, the pitch yeah. you know and it, and it goes absolutely crazy and as I said you know there will be there could be league games you go to here where like 90 minutes they're singing and chanting but it's a smaller group as we know mm. and like um, you will have maybe portions to them that might travel on the Ireland away games like at Ireland away games by contrast and it's probably again it's slightly different like it's probably the only code where we have say a travelling support to go away in an allocation again even the rugby games away I, I could be wrong but I don't think it's like there's the Irish end with eight thousand Irish fans there. It's it's mingled around a bit. People, more, is it? there are so there are there to are a degree there is, there is an element of that, but more often than not, the the case in point you would point towards is France playing in the Principality two weeks ago now at this stage, whereby the French supporters were bloody everywhere in that stadium. It seems to be the case with me with, with yeah. the, the, and maybe that's just how the tickets are sold and so on. There, w- there, would, be a, there would be an element of this is their section but you will have They'll be everywhere the, anyway. Okay. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. But look, by contrast you know, you'd have it would have been in Baku in October for the Ireland game and you have whatever I don't know a couple hundred Irish fans in a big empty stadium but it was outnumbered only by security guards. But you know you, you could have you know, maybe it, we, we sort of hope everything goes as much to plan as it can this year. It's obviously a complicated group, but like when Ireland play in Scotland, you know, in Hamden Park, um, there'll be an Ireland section. Yeah. It'll be penned together. There'll be noise. There'll be atmosphere all the way through, and it's something that's maybe different to what you might have in maybe around other codes and how the the atmosphere plays itself out. And I mean, the Aviva is such a, it's such a. The, the way in which it's designed, the way in which it operates, like it's 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 you know it's you, you sort of try and get in the lift to go down. It's like floors and floors of hospitality and suites, and how it's all laid out is very, it's it's very much about the spectator experience, but it's not necessarily atmosphere based yeah. in how it's actually created, you know, and um, that obviously can be an issue um, on match nights, and I can understand why sometimes it just meanders along for some people. The argument would be that atmosphere doesn't generate revenue for these individual yeah. associations but in the same instance on a long enough timeline it does because if you see like for instance like there was 91,553 in the Camp Nou tonight for the Women's Champions League quarterfinal like 
that won't happen every game but what it will do is it will make people think that this is an occasion that they can go to and similarly if they if you see an atmosphere at the last Ireland game you would think that it's going to be an occasion and an event and a happening to be at the next time one rolls around so ultimately atmosphere will end up generating revenue because it will attract new customers yeah it's true but I, I suppose I mean if you think about it and again like who am I to talk about rugby but I can see that the demand for Six Nations is such that really like they're generally going to sell you know what I mean it's not as if they're vulnerable and things dropping to suddenly like to 20,000 or something that doesn't appear to be the case at all but where they're at you know but I mean you can you can adopt a sort of a sport v sport approach to it and how you discuss it. I mean, it's obviously a, a problem in certain Premier League grounds that you hear. The more the the more attractive Premier League clubs have more day trippers and people visiting them who are sort of tourists dropping in for the game, who don't necessarily know how it all plays out, the, the noise and and the sort of atmosphere. And you would hear that being raised as a complaint. Whereas you go down the leagues sometimes and you can go to a Championship venue, yeah, um, or a place that doesn't have fans sort of flying in in massive numbers from around the world for their games. Mates might have gone over to non-league games. It can be way more intense. Yeah, it can be a completely different animal. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we like the, the rugby. Are the sorry the, the football show listeners making me say we loving this the minute talking about rugby and rugby. Well, fans I mean, kind of it's all part of. I assume a lot of them go to games and have their own opinions on it. Yeah, we all live in the same section of the sport pages anyway. Um, but we, I, I keep almost referring to last night as the scoreless draw with Lithuania because for so long last night it looked like it was going to be, but ultimately it was decided by. Uh, a bit of a Troy Parrot special mm. last night. Yeah, your, your, your general thoughts first of all in the game. Yeah, I mean, I suppose it's 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 probably good for Stephen Kenny to be in a place where, I mean, even if I had finished it all, there would have been a bit of bit of a backlash. But I think there would have been a, you know, a broader acceptance that I suppose these things happen to a degree. No, I actually don't think that. Well, I don't. I'm not suggesting anyone is saying that. Like the Parrot goal, great that it happened. You know, s- superb strike. Um, his confidence quite striking when he come on but, but probably you know it, it's still what happened before it doesn't it, maybe it was all very forgettable but I think there's a relevance to it too that there's certainly no doubt that um, an issue Ireland have is when they're at home against sort of you know weaker teams and yeah. um, that they they just have issues with this type of game I mean yes they did pull Qatar apart um, last year they started well and then Qatar looked a little bit fatigued from a sort of a mad run of schedule mad scheduling run that they've had you know other teams that were sort of plugged into it you know Azerbaijan and Luxembourg and 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 now Lithuania albeit in a friendly they they sort of say okay Ireland see what you can do and I think even as the this Irish team becomes slightly better known because for example anyone scouting Ireland before last June wouldn't have seen Ogbené play you know for them um, you will see that Ireland op- actually operate with a little bit more pace now so how do you counter pace you, you can sort of sit in defend a bit deeper against them and all of a sudden someone who sort of breaks the lines isn't, might, might not be as effective and actually as you saw in terms of time in a couple of his runs last night he's maybe not necessarily a natural striker in terms of he's not playing every week with his club so maybe he just didn't get his decision making right at times so teams are going to it's great talking about how you know Ireland's style is changing and trying to play a little bit differently but of course teams will then study this new Irish style and decide how they're going to play against them and in a Euros campaign next year if Ireland are going to qualify they're going to have to be efficient and, and better when it comes to dropping you know to, to, to not dropping points against teams below them it's great they won in Luxembourg and in Azerbaijan but having been at both of those games those teams were a little bit more braver and having a go than they were in the, the Dublin games you mm. know particularly um, 
particularly Azerbaijan maybe and the I mean, the Irish goals sometimes almost got them on the break a small bit so uh, and particularly Luxembourg the two late goals with Jason Knight as well they were on the counter so it's something to be to be wary of like how to play with a little bit higher tempo and be a little bit um, more incisive and not just sort of overdoing it in, in games of this nature Tempo is the thing really that, that does undo these kinds of setups like even like I was doing the, the commentary on, on Chelsea Newcastle a couple weeks ago for the show and Newcastle went to Stamford Bridge with a very definite and a very clear game plan to try and frustrate Chelsea and pick off you know whatever chances they could get a knock on from, from Chris Wood and, and see what they can pick from there um, and then maybe if the last 10 minutes stick on Alan Maximan and, and try and benefit but it was only when Chelsea actually managed to start playing through the lines with pace that they managed to really start to get at Newcastle. And that's, I'm not saying we're Chelsea, but when you do play these kinds of sides who are willing to sit back and just absorb as much uh, possession and, 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 and chances as they can and yeah. see what they can nick, there does become an onus on the team that is bossing possession and is you know in charge of the ball to play with a bit of tempo and to try and catch them on the hop because that's usually the way to break these teams down and we seem to be even with Ogbeni in the side we seem to be lacking in the ability to do that because not everybody is necessarily on that page yeah and like, and it could be argued is Ogbeni suited to all of those type of fixtures like is Ogbeni all about sort of taking the ball quick defeat and close control maybe not you know maybe his his, his strengths are more about again a team that's asking questions of Ireland a bit more and then you can clip it and you have your sort of out ball mm. and it just completely turns the game uh, and gets the opposition sort of defence turned so I mean this is the thing it could be horses for courses in terms of you know picking players for certain games um, and that's the balance I mean if you want to be really kind about the Irish display last night the kindest version of, of sort of interpreting the performance is that they did need to do what you said um, but because there was six changes you know a front three you hadn't really played together before you know from the start of a game um, and even the Brown or him thing like Brown hadn't been around for a good part of the last year for sort of COVID and other reasons that he just didn't quite have the understanding whereas maybe against Qatar in that particular game um, there was just when they, when they pulled him apart it was it was. It just happened a lot There's easier, a bit, a bit to quicker, yeah. you know. And and yeah, you probably do miss someone like Josh Cullen last night, who's sort of good at getting the sort of getting the passes going and 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 maybe moving it a small bit quicker. But I mean, so it's so it's important, and and maybe like it's a it's a it's a it's a sort of a good lesson to take going forward. Like you see, um, you see Armenia got done nine nil in yeah. Norway last night. Um, now I know they, they, they're they a bit of hit and miss but they lost 5-0 at home to North Macedonia recently Like they've, con- they've conceded a ton of goals so you suspect you know at some stage they're probably going to look at it and think right if it does happen that Armenia comes to Dublin in June which is possible Ireland are going away there but it's possible the game later in the year could be brought forward you have to maybe be prepared that a team who's had a bad run might um, might decide to do something slightly different and in that context 6-4-0 well in yeah. that yeah but in that context you have to think okay well what lessons were actually learned from Lithuania in terms of um, what combinations you need for it so maybe actually a game that seemed a little bit meaningless might have some meaning um, if you learn from it in those games playing a big man up front like a Will Keane might necessarily be the most profitable route to goal against a team like that. Yeah, I mean, uh, not picking a, on him. No, like, it was a tough yeah. evening for him. But I, see, I'm not sure if the perception of Keane is really that he's, you know, a big man. I mean, he is. Like he obviously is. A, like he has a presence and stuff. But listening to Kenny talk about him, he acknowledged he had a bad, 
bad game um, didn't happen from he's more talented than that but he was actually speaking beforehand he was actually speaking about sort of his his link play he's a deeper line player than people would expect yeah exactly yeah and so I think the intention would be that maybe he might he could come a little bit deeper and then some, some runners off him but as it happened the type of big man you needed in that game was someone who like Devourers crosses into the box because there was loads of crossing opportunities. He just, he, I mean, he look, did look a little bit nervous as well too, and, and wasn't wasn't sort of particularly assured. And it's disappointing for someone that's informed, but I I'd be sort of slow to condemn him or like to reach some conclusion. Oh, that's it. You know, he can't do it at this level. I don't think that's the case at all. Um, but it was a tough night for him, and certainly, um, you'd imagine if Ireland were playing again in three days' time. Um, it'd be Troy Parrott that would be starting in that scenario and not, not Keane Yeah Parrott has done himself the world of good I know Keith Andrews in his press conferences you would have met them was talking him up I know in response to a question about him granted but he talked about how he's grown as a as a player and as a man I guess in the, during this loan spell at MK Dons and having this run of games it started pretty slow for him but he has actually gotten his feet under the table there run of games being able to put in a string of decent performances, I think it's like six or seven goals now at this stage, mm. and just as many assists. He's proving his his abilities finally in a more regular sense. Yeah, I mean, there's such interest in Parrot because of how much he was talked about at 17. I mean, we all played our part, you know, like media and everyone got very excited by it. But I mean, you know, it wasn't just we won Irish. the Euros last year because but, of him, Dan. <laughs> but it wasn't just like it wasn't just Irish interest as well. Like there was English interest too. There was a lot of buzz around Spurs. I mean, Mourinho was getting asked about him. And he wasn't getting asked about him by like Irish journalists on Jolly. So um, didn't even get the chance to do that, you know. But the the point is that like his exploits at youth level were very exciting. So it did bring attention and interest. I went over to watch him play for Spurs when he was seventeen against Colchester in that cup game and. You know, they were getting proper questions. You know, Pochettino was being asked about him, and why aren't you picking him? Yeah, why isn't he and Mourinho got a bit of that. Um, and his loans have been disappointing. You know, they've been they've been poor. But what's you know, I was sort of writing a bit about this for tomorrow. What's striking is that um, that both Kenny and, and Keith Andrews um, have gone on a, out of their way to almost praise his character. You know, to speak about how popular he is in the group, mm. and there probably has been an undertone around maybe discussion of Parrot what's happening a sort of suggestion of mm, you know is 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 his head fully screwed on you know you see he's gone on a few nice holidays you know I've been pictured with a couple of people stuff typical flashy on football stuff, kind of stuff, stuff, stuff yeah. that sort of you know as let that can lead to a perception being cemented but they've gone out of their way to make the point that he's not lad, another Stephen Ireland very popular within the group um you know, was willing to go and train with the 21s last year when he was injured, whereas some other senior players um, in the situation recently where it seems Michael Obafemi wasn't mad and gone back to play for the 21s. There's maybe a bit of he said, she said on that. Um, but but certainly, like Parrott's application and commitment to play in Farland seems to have really impressed them. They've kept him around all the time um, and, and they just like him as a person, it seems. you know. And maybe he's a real project player for them because they know someone with his talent you can't Ireland can't afford to let him slip I mean this is the the irony of a situation I mean Spurs aren't really that invested in uh, working out for Parrot I mean it would be brilliant if it did but they've got the money and the options to, look to, to replace him there'll always be another one like that coming through whereas Ireland can't afford Troy Parrot to sort of slip through, go, the, net. To slip through the net and to lose his way um, but the reports at MK Dons where he lost his place mid-season he was struggling for a while 
that he seems to have sort of, as Andrews put it the other day, sort of hit the reset button. He's got himself back, um, got himself into the right mindset. And in fairness to Parrott, he was saying it, like, like he is only 20. You know, he, he was a teenager until last month. And there's, there's almost a sense of what's happened to this guy? Where's it gone wrong? You know, and we've had Irish strikers have had great careers. Um, like John Walters didn't play for it until he was 27. And Parrott's 20. So, um, and I know like sometimes the the, the, the the stars can burn brightly early and, and it can go out just as quick, but um, he's so young still that if he is actually doing the right things around football, which it seems like, or hopefully he is, then I mean, if he can develop in his potential and be a huge player for Ireland. A move away from Spurs, I think, this summer probably looks... I don't want to say inevitable. I wouldn't probably, say inevitable, it's no. Pro- but it's, it, it would be certainly in his interest to consider it. I know, he's got a bit more time on his contract. I I, I think I think um, if it's the case that it, he has two more years there, I think there might be an option. And I think that yeah. we'll see about that. Why rush it? I think a good, strong loan somewhere else next year. But one year to go, that's when you it's sort of sink or swim time in terms yeah. of spurs. I don't, I don't think there's a mad rush. Um, I'd rather he had went for a good loan, which obviously, if it's not working out, you have the option as he did last year to 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 for that loan to be cut short after six months to go somewhere else, then go somewhere permanently and make the wrong call. You know, unless someone comes up and says, "Right, we're going to make you uh, the centerpiece of our team at a good level here," but I feel like he's got to do more club level to get the type of move you would want him to get. If you know would, what I mean? Would you almost like to see him go back to MK Dons from next? If they, well, if they got promoted. Um, because that, that, that kind of continuity can only help a player because yeah. that's the kind of thing that he probably wouldn't get if he was to, to stay at Spurs or if it was obviously enough if he was to just go to another championship club yeah and the way MK Dons played they were a very sort of possession based uh, attractive team they, they went for a manager a little bit of an offbeat appointment um, uh, who'd been working in Belgium because they wanted a particular type of coach there's a couple of clubs in England that are like that at the moment they're very style based Swansea is another where Ryan Manning is um, Obafemi of course as well the type of managers they're looking for and they, they hired from NK Dons like Russell Martin so um, yeah that would be a good fit but, but probably if they get promoted I think to be fair you, okay he's gone to League One you'd want to see him do it in the Championship next or maybe you know Continental Europe could be a, an option it's suddenly become this great option for, for players now yeah. it seems because like the Ebiselli and, and the banquet cases prove what's out there and yeah no it does well, it does um, but I mean to be honest sometimes with that it's the financials <clears throat> that stops people from going there too I mean there's such money available in the championship, championship and, yeah. even, and even upper end in, in League One that it that can be an issue sometimes that people would say I should go to Holland or I should go there I mean sometimes the, the difference that an offer it could be like I mean, it could be sort of 50%, you know, and it's well and good to say you should go somewhere for the opportunity, but pragmatism will take hold. A job's a job's well. a job. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, what did you make of Manning last night, by the way? I thought he was decent, yeah. I mean, the, the thing about Ryan Manning is that he's had this really unusual conversion. I remember watching Ryan Manning play in a League of Ireland promotion playoff for, for Galway FC, as they were, yeah. in the brief incarnation before Galway United. Of course, they're having their big Luke Comer-related vote tonight, which is big stuff for um, the Comer brothers trying to take over Galway. It could be interesting, but I'm sure Johnny will be on about that at some stage. But um, he was a number 10. He was a sort of a... And like one of those number tens, you always there always the perception of the number ten as my are they a bit flaky, a bit in and out. Yeah. And now he's playing left centre half for, for Swansea. He's playing more of his football. So actually when he went inside for the last thirty minutes last night, 
um, he, he did well he's quite comfortable in that position the game's all ahead of him what you would say is it's a game last night was a game where defenders who are good on the ball to shine because they weren't being put under pressure defensively and obviously the real challenge is um, you're very good on the ball but can you do that while being asked constantly to go the other way and to be defensively disciplined and you know it was it was easy for some of the players last night in the nicest way possible easy to, to get on the ball and, and pick their passes but still you know you see guys getting that position and they over hit and they under hit and I, I thought Manning did fine some of his crosses were, were decent and he had sort of one good defensive interception towards the end and a sort of a rare break but he, I mean, he's like 25 I think Manning and he's, his career has had a few little hiccups but again I mentioned Swansea he's playing in a team that play in a particular way that is probably conducive to like transferring over to Ireland Um but it may well be that his time as an Irish regular might just be a year or two away. You've still got McLean, who's going nowhere. You've got Enda Stevens still. Um, but they're both north of 30 now. And it might just be that Manning's time is is maybe two years' time as opposed to maybe now. They seem to have been, they seem to have been more careful about how people are introduced. Like I know you, oh, yeah. you touched on during the week. The, the Conor Ronan situation and a lot of people only saw his name in the squad particularly given the fact that these are two friendlies that always assert that Ronan's going to get some minutes um, but they as you pointed out I think um, they're like within your first camp you don't necessarily get capped this is last year since last year yeah there's yeah. been a pattern definitely like okay Jamie McGrath I think played against Andorra but then didn't play against Hungary that was his first camp Ogbeni was in that camp it was his first camp and you look how big a player Ogbeni is now and he got off the bench for a few minutes um, a minute Hungary. against Hungary yeah. yeah a minute against Hungary he still did something in the minute yeah. but you know but Will Keane was there in October was being left out of squads I mean, he might have had a little niggle but still and again Mark Sykes and, and Ronan have come in this time and not played um, I think there's a there's a thing there of, of making people earn caps not just throwing them out and I know you're always going to get grief because like fans like new things you know shiny toy to them yeah shiny toy you know Irish football fans like uncapped players as much as like rugby fans like beers at the match you know what I mean <laughs> like it's 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 just there's no matter if you don't even think you want it there's an inclination to think that actually maybe I want one of them now and it's almost like the squad is named it's like where's Ronan it's a disgrace where's you know why hasn't Rikes, Sykes played because there's such desire to see them now to be fair, there is an argument with Ronan's skill set that a game at home to Lithuania would have last would've, night would have been ideal. Almost, suited yeah. him. Um, but I think there's a thing in that where Kenny's big on trying to make a settled group. Uh, that's something he he missed so much. And across Kenny's career, he's actually worked off. He's been at his best working off smaller squads as opposed to like massive rotation. International, it's different. Obviously, you can't control some things. You lose guys. You don't see them for months on end because of bad luck and badly timed injuries. But I think there's an element of if he's played X amount of players and he has the likes of Brown and Hurrahan and Manning and other players around and even those who were on the bench last night but didn't get on like Malumbi I'm just not sure if he's going to just and, and because they're not new to us anymore or like whatever you know get, a, get, get, get rid of them they're not as exciting but I don't think it's in his interest to just chuck them all to the to the bench or sorry to the stands very quickly but I can be sure if like Sykes heard Sykes made a good impression you know Ronan's a good player Kenny knows what he's about from the 21s I'd be sure if they get back in in the summer you might just see them move up to peck another respect. Has there been any more. kind of movement as regards what the because I heard Kenny being asked about this before the Belgium game and he seemed a little bit in the dark because there's no word from UEFA or there's no word from the FBI yeah. as regards to what complexion June is going to have 
it, it, it all depends on what actually is going to happen within Ukraine as a country. Yeah, no, it does. I mean, it's just like you don't want to speculate on these things because it's, and I mean, you know, it's, it's, because it's, you don't want to be, I think to be fair, I, I think Kenny is conscious of that and I think people in the FBI are, are conscious of that. You have to read the room and how you approach this. It we is, want to know who we're playing yeah. in jail for God's sake. You know, like it, it is, it is inconvenient, but I mean, really, you know, like, it, I, I, but, but the reality of it is as well, like in the football administration world, like FIFA are looking at, I mean, Ukraine are meant to play a World Cup playoff against Scotland. Like Wales have played a semi-final. They don't know like, who they're the playing the final. And Ireland, on the next international window, the next date is Ireland playing Ukraine. If Ukraine are back playing international football at that stage, which, I mean, it would be great because that would actually suggest that a situation has improved in some way. They're going to be playing the World Cup game before anything. So it's very hard to see that game in Dublin on the fourth. That's why I'm saying the chat might be that Armenia at home in September gets brought forward to be in Dublin in, in June hmm. that would give you at least three games Ireland are meant to play away to, Ukra- to Ukraine it was, was then likely to be moved to a neutral venue but again I mean that's just so far down the, the pecking order but um, to answer your question there's no clarity on that yet hmm. um, the you can't really push for it either no yeah. I mean the World Cup draw is this Friday it is you can be, you can be sure that FIFA people there are going to be asked what's actually happening here with this because there's going to be a spare spot in the World Cup draw which is sort of rare it's the people at Panini I feel bad for they've got to create stickers four are extra be pages all over the place yeah well I mean yeah they're probably going to roll that out when, they, when how, how far off do they produce those that's, things that's what I'm wondering now because like before when you look what is it oh, it used to be here over my shoulder the World Cup 90 sticker is that the Orbis one there is it, it is, or, yeah it's yeah. behind those uh, things but that had Denmark in it who obviously didn't qualify oh so this sticker album that's going to come out now to cover bases must surely have Wales Scotland Ukraine in there yeah and I mean like they're I mean, and they're trying to publish it with the Christmas market this time as well too which is going to be all over the place you have to get your spots in there Oof. this is a whole new sticker album issue when, when, when has a sticker album ever come out in December before November that's, before yeah it's got, to, it's got to be October November to yeah. get the proper lead in to get the sticker you can't really get it for someone as a Christmas present you know I might you can't tell me what I can and can't do every You can if you want, but it's listen. Like <laughs> if 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 herself wants to stick her album for Christmas time, <laughs> you'd be damn sure I'm going to get it for. Uh, of course, the football show is brought to you by Sky. Catch the biggest live Premier League games every weekend on Sky Sports. There's still lots to get to. Of course, the uh, the under 21s result in Sweden last night. Among those things, and that'll be on the way next. Football on off the ball with Sky, proud partner and supporter of the Republic of Ireland women's national football team. This is News Talk. Yeah, welcome back. Wednesday Night's Football Show. Richie here with you, joined by Dan McDonald, the uh, football correspondent for the Irish Independent. Um, we were talking about brand new shiny things uh, just before the break and the potential for them to be dropped into the uh, Republic of Ireland squad. Several of them on display yesterday evening uh, in Bross in Sweden. Yeah, yeah. Um, great results. Not necessarily a deserved one, uh, judging by the 90 minutes of play, I would say. No, it was it was backs against the wall, but I mean, you say the shine thing, the main thing is to keep all of these players with the 21s for the moment. And, and and there's an argument for trying to give one or two back in June, rather than the shiny things is people saying, oh, we need to get sort of, and he wasn't there, but like, you know, um, Festy, we need to get them all into the senior squad. It's like, uh, you know, there's actually an argument that the last time Ireland, when Kenny's on the 21 team left, and then he went and took the senior mm. job, 
and because of circumstances with COVID last October and November of 2020 sorry the call up Knight and O'Shea and of course the senior team is top of the list and the players wanted to go because it's a chance to play senior level but Ireland were so close to getting a, a playoff and and that would be great for development. Imagine Ireland in an under twenty one European Championships. That'd be a brilliant thing to get behind, you know. And so, what they've done now by winning it away to Sweden. Now, I, I was at the home game in Tala where Ireland were good, um, and they got a ninety eight minute goal. They they rode their luck a bit, you know. Last night is absolutely no doubt. It was they def- as Jim Crawford said. You know they defended a bit too deep at times, and and there was they, a definite penalty as well for Sweden. Oh that was, yeah, given, Stonewaller. Yeah. But um, I mean they dropped some silly points early in the group um, away to Luxembourg. That 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 sort of um, that that might hurt them. But the the circumstances that they're in now, uh, June the third and June the sixth, they play Bosnia and Montenegro at home. If they win both of those games, um, and then Sweden don't beat Italy. At home, and Italy are still possible. Very real yeah. possible. Ireland are guaranteed at, at least a playoff, um, and that's huge. And I really hope that there was a big buzz around Stephen Kenny's under twenty one games. But then I went to that Sweden game in November, and it was quite a small crowd in Tala, you know. And it's like, okay, there's a lot of um, buzz around going to grounds at the moment, as you know, like you know, League of Ireland grounds and stuff are, are, are particularly in Dublin, are sort of heaving. Um, and I hope for those twenty one games, they that people come out and. Because, yeah, they didn't play, as I said, it was not a vintage display last night for me. Like, great defensive courage, and they deserve, like, lots of praise. But I don't think it's the type of performance they would want, you know, going forward to be a sort of a template for what they do. Um, but think of all the players that they're missing. Like, there's, the, at the moment, like, the... There's about the, five players that will be senior internationals that were still, if not more. To, oh, so. like, when you think about it, I mean, Bazunu is still eligible, Parrot... Um, Ida Still Ida Knight um, Connolly I'm not sure about Connolly he's gone beyond that Obafemi as I said doesn't seem um, uh, previously didn't seem up for it um, and you know there's others too like Darrow Shea is, is, is actually older now I think he's 1999 but like there's 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 other Nathan Collins you know would be another one as well um, who would be a big player you know so and then add on top of that the fact that Ebisele couldn't travel, Will Smallbold from Southampton who played in the Sweden game, he couldn't travel, Evan Ferguson, really exciting, couldn't travel. So like you're and, and I'm probably missing one or two and maybe longer term issues. So you're talking like upwards of 10, 11 players missing. So that's why it's such a great result. And I mean Anthony Alanga played for Sweden the last time in Tala and he got promoted for the seniors this time. So it happens in other countries too. Sure. But particularly in Ireland at the moment, because there's a fast track into the senior team, there's a drip down effect. And the twenty ones and even the 19, then the nineteens by extension, like they're not having Evan Ferguson when they normally would, you know. And th- this and paid the price for it to degree this, this as well. Go, yeah, yeah, this this goes all the way down. Um, so that's what makes it really impressive. Like to be fair, Kenny's twenty ones. He he had a lot of those guys until McCarthy called a couple of them in towards the end. You know, Parrot and Aaron Connolly. Um, but Crawford is dealing, you know, is dealing with um, a weakened hand relative to what he could have and it's an interesting thing now if in June um, Ireland end up not playing on the 14th of June which is the last international window if that Ukraine away game doesn't go place and the 21s have a big game in Italy that day um, to get a playoff or even top the group in sort of a dream scenario I mean I don't think Crawford would like to affect the balance of a team that's used to playing together but if he could get Paris to pop along or you know whoever it might be to drop one or two of them into it um, that'd be uh, I think that'd be a d- discussion worth having you know yeah. it's it's an incredible like they, to be fair we talk about them being backs against the wall but the opportunities when they arose last night 
yesterday evening. Uh, they took them really well. Ross Tierney's in particular mm. was a fantastic. It was a well worked goal to begin with, and a brilliant finish from the from the Motherwell lad. Yeah, exposed lad, as, as you should be referring well, to him. Really, you know, John Kenny yeah. kept calling him that in commentary, and I was like, "Thanks, John. Yeah, keep yeah. keep on yeah. yeah. Exposed. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, like, and and maybe the fact that they had a lead to protect it just naturally allows you to sit into their habits. I mean, I suppose people listening to this, watching this, like, well, well, okay, what are the names that stand out? I think the thing about it is, I mean, Connor Coventry is a very interesting player, talented player. He's also on loan at MK Dons after an unsuccessful championship loan. So there's sort of parallels with Parrot, Gavin Kilkenny there too. I think Mark McGuinness from Cardiff at the back is a real good player. And again, it's like, oh, we don't need another defender. You know, <laughs> like, like, you know, we don't need another big defender who's come from the Tell ball. Us about and, yet, and, yet, and, yet, and, yet, and yet you're watching them and you're like, yeah, like he's, he's really good as well. Yeah. And um, you, know, you, you can come on and you're eight. So the only good thing about that from the Crawford's perspective is he surely can't get called up. Um, yeah, so Oma Mamadel. Would also be eligible. Another one in there. Yeah. Another one. Like you can just keep you keep sort of naming them here, you know. So, um, so it, it's encouraging. I, I honestly just think that I hope that in June, and they're very important senior games. And of course, I'm not saying someone who might come off the bench in a competitive game um, should be dropping back to the 21s. But I would hope that if there's a situation where someone definitely isn't going to be used that they sort of look at it and think there's real merits of getting to a final because we haven't been in the, in the 21s for a second know? there I thought you were going down the route of having them play the two games in the one day it was like that famous Mark Hughes day where he played for oh, the no, 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 that's, that's probably that's probably it's probably not it's probably yeah. illegal now you know, you know, it's like you know the game's gone. I mean, you can do that if you're inter-county footballers well, you, playing you play university yeah. and and go down the county and like it's all for the. That's all, I mean, that's mad. But you know, like it's it's <laughs> for me you now. It's all about passion or something. Don't rule like, out done. But I don't think that will happen. But I think if if you end up having a. Uh, a lighter international calendar in June I think it's something that should be looked at Yeah and um, our football on Sky is of course our football on off the ball even is brought to you by Sky uh, catch the biggest live Premier League games every weekend on Sky Sports um, obviously our eyes were, were on the Aviva Stadium last night in two degree obviously before that in Barras um, but the, the Harry Maguire's of last night I found really intriguing yeah. because um, the Manchester United defender obviously started for England in their game against uh, Cote d'Ivoire booed when his name was read out when the teams were announced at the Wembley booed subsequently for the opening few minutes as well and this has obviously caught the ire of Gareth Southgate and several other players teammates of his um, calling it outrageous and, and so on and so forth I mentioned this as a comparison we're almost into Jason Lee territory now with Harry Maguire where there's this snowball of it seems to be the done thing that you have to kind of almost have a go at him even if there's no yeah. grounding for it I just find it weird because like and I haven't followed this story very closely because we're in our own zone but like you, you keep getting told that England games, the, the people who go to England matches are like the supporters of not the big clubs, you know. It's, and you see it you know, at tournaments and there stuff. There are Colchester flags, yeah, and, and Darlington flags, and, and and so I don't know. Is it just an element of this game? Who are just like, you know, where where are they tracing this to? Because Maguire has been fine for England. Mm. Like he hasn't been a problem for them. He's he's actually at times he's been very good for them. Yes, he's having a bad season. Yeah, like. Is he the most sympathetic figure with some of the statements and stuff like that? You know, possibly not. Has that contributed to a little bit of snowball effect of criticism, as you say? Maybe, but I can understand why they're all saying it's senseless because, like, he's done, you know, he's, he's been he's been absolutely fine for them. Like, they, they don't necessarily have a they don't have an Irish style array of centre halves <laughs> coming through. You know, they'd love to have our you know, our depth, but you know what I mean. Like, it's not as if he's. Um, 
like you can have you can have reservations about but I would have thought like from the England fan base it's just unusual and you see I mean that has happened at times with certain players have come in for a little bit of stick from the England fans for whatever reason I mean to me it just, just goes to show like how bored they must be a lot of the time the England fans it's just life is just so easy they're in the tournaments they, they have a big focus at the end of the year they've got a chance of winning it you know very real chance a real yeah. chance I, I do think so now and um, so I mean what what else do these friendlies exist for? It's like, yeah. well, I mean, is it just a reflection that people are just bored? Like short attention spans. They can't remember that Maguire was good. They need some kind of past. And there's something. But I think the backlash from other players and Southgate and stuff is fairly justified. I mean, in a way, at another time, um, an England manager coming out, hitting out the fan base could be contentious. Mm. But I mean, it's very hard to disagree with what, what he's saying. Yeah, you know? for those who missed it, here's a, a touch of what Gareth Southgate was talking about last night. Uh, I thought the reception was a joke, absolute joke. Uh, what he's done for us, uh, the way he's performed for England has been phenomenal. I don't, I don't get it. So we're either all in this together or we're not. And he's in an England shirt. And not only should you support a player in an England shirt regardless, but when he's played at the level he has and got us to the, uh, put the performances in for us he has, it should be total commitment behind him. So... I don't get that at all. Um, for his performance, p- pretty faultless, really. Um, stepped out from the back really well for the first goal. Uh, was involved in the second as well. So, yeah, look, the team are totally united. We we recognise everybody has difficult moments. Um, but he's a top player and he'll come through it. The quote-unquote justification I'd seen from some England fans about this online, which is never a brilliant gauge. Yeah, but I was anyway, wondering, though, I am interested in this. Was He's. I saw a lot of people like when, when journalists would go, oh, "This is a disgrace." Um, the replies were like, he, "Well, he's been crap for United. Why is he getting picked?" But, but if he has been, like, why are you booing him? It's yeah. not. It's, it's it's like it's you're not booing that. Like Southgate isn't going to turn around and go, "All oh, right, cra- I've made his, I've made a boo boo here. They clearly don't like him. I'm going to take him off." Like they're only going to entrench the f- pro feeling towards Harry Maguire from the England bench even more so, and. I, it's not you're not going to help you're not helping the player play better by booing him because he's been historically crap in recent like you know for their to use their parents in recent games yeah I, I, I just think it's, it's, I think it is senseless I mean again you know, people pay their money they're entitled to go on what they do they're entitled to voice their unhappiness with it. is but this I'm, England supporters version of going out for a rake of points but I mean yeah it was just no like way, yeah. it's just a, like the fact that it was I mean it's, you know what I mean like it's not as if one person boos and everyone starts joining in and someone says I was saying boo earns or something do you know what I mean like, like, like this was sort of uh, an instinctive reaction from a lot of people like were they all sitting close together was the, uh, I don't know like it's just a bit, it's just a bit a bit odd but again I mean sometimes the English news cycle the English national team news cycle is like this they just need some kind of controversy and the fans have like delivered it because otherwise I mean things are pretty much quite good for them you know and like and maybe and maybe you know this is actually has a galvanizing impact it's bringing the group closer together I will. rallying around yeah. Harry and then later in the year when it's like the real fans you know going away from home or something Harry Maguire one of their own come up through the lower leagues a great story like he actually is yeah. and he might you know would it be the case that a lot of the fans that go to these games from these clubs would they identify with his story I, I don't know I mean I mean Seems to me odd. I mean, if if the if if they were playing a game at Anfield or even Old Trafford, England were playing a friendly there, wondered, yeah. you could understand it a lot more. Yeah, it's just very strange. And a Wembley one. I might be putting you on the spot with this one, Dan. But does an under twenty one championships place a texter asks 
yeah, not give us Olympic qualification chance. I think you have to finish. Yeah, it does. You have to finish. I think in the top four of it. I think you have to get to the semi-finals. Then are we in United Ireland kind of territory as well? Oh God! Because it's not the Republic of Ireland that compete at the Olympics. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how we'd <laughs> navigate that one. To be honest, I mean, um, I mean, we probably would have a couple of Northern Irish-born players on the team. Uh, I mean, you have the you have the choice, right? Yeah, you can, you can represent. So it'd be the same principle that sort of applies. Here's the cliffhanger: football on off the ball with Sky, proud partner and supporter of the Republic of Ireland women's national football team. This is News Talk.